Welcome to the Real Life English Podcast, where we help dedicated English learners just like you cultivate the courage, the confidence, and the skills that you need to understand real life native English, to communicate clearly with people from all around the world, and to make your life an epic global adventure. Now, are you ready to go beyond the classroom and start living your English? Can I get an aww, yeah? So, if you want to sound more advanced, confident, and natural when you speak English, then using idioms can help you to reach your goal. They are also essential to better understand natives in the media. In today's episode, we will give you the basics to understand idioms in English and also teach you some cool expressions to spice up your vocabulary. Boys and girls, citizens of the world, this is Ethan from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and knock your socks off way to learn English. So, download this podcast and listen to it while you're stuck in traffic, riding your bike, addressing the elephant in the room, or even cutting corners at work. I'm joined here in the global studio by the one and only, the most lekker teacher in all of South Africa, Kase. Hey, Ethan. Hey, guys. <laughs> it's good to have you back in the virtual studio. You were on a, on a short break there, right? On vacation? Yeah, that's true. It's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> so what does it mean to spice up, to spice something up? To spice something up means to add more excitement to it or add something more interesting to it. So for example, your clothes, you want to spice it up, you can add something interesting to it or make it look more enticing. <laughs> mm -hmm. Might add something like colorful to it, right? That kind of stands out. Colorful scarf or something. Or some, you know, pretty shoes or yeah, something like that. And you said that the podcast will knock your socks off or it's a knock your socks off way to learn English. What does that mean? If something knocks your socks off, it means that it, it will exceed your expectations. Right. And you also said that you could listen to it while you're cutting corners at work. What does it mean if you cut corners? When you cut corners, you skip steps or you are leaving things out that are essential to the process in order to save time or save money or, yeah, just to be lazy sometimes. <laughs> Yeah, usually it's seen as a negative thing, right? Like that you're you're being lazy or you're not giving your all. Exactly, exactly. So don't cut corners, guys. Not with your English studies. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start this off with something a bit fun. So we're going to basically answer the question of a situation that we would like to be a fly on the wall. So I'll let you go first, Kase. Yeah, so for me, I think I would like to be a fly on the wall with the company that prints the lottery scratch cards so that I could see the winning card and then follow that card um, to the store where it will be delivered and then buy that ticket so that I can win the lottery. <laughs> that's a great that's a great one. For me, I actually was actually just thinking of one the other day that I went to we went to a concert a couple of weekends ago and I was thinking I would really like to be a fly on the wall in the like backstage before the concert because I was curious how the artist what what she does to warm up. She oh. has like such an amazing voice, and so I'm curious, you know, what does the preparation look like before having to go out on stage? Who did you see? Who did you see in concert? It was Rosalia, who's a Spanish artist, but she's doing she's doing like a world tour now. So I think she's probably in the states or South America now. She's 
an incredible singer and performer. So I'm curious, like for the singing and like also for the, how do you get up like the energy, you know, that you need to go and, I mean, anyone who's like, does a really good concert. Yeah. They have to just like give so much energy to it. That's true. I, yeah. I, I wonder what they do. There must be a secret to it. <laughs> What's the secret? What's the secret? Rosalie, if you're listening, tell us. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to move into today's main topic all about idioms. So, Kasey, first off, what are idioms? So, idioms are expressions and phrases that should not be taken literally. They are phrases that describe situations that are sort of deeper than, you know, regular English can express. So, it's not just expressing an action or an idea. It's really like a complex use of language. So, that's what makes it quite advanced vocabulary for learners to acquire because it, it isn't just learning what the words mean. It's understanding the context. Yeah. I think reading is actually really great for picking up vocabulary and idioms Yes, because you're seeing it in the context and stuff. It's much easier than when, like really in speaking, we use them, but sometimes a big problem that I see is that learners will overuse idioms. Um, and if you use too many of them, it sounds really unnatural. So in general, when, if you think even like in your native language, you probably aren't using idioms too much. You use them kind of like, I don't know, it's like a spice in when you're cooking, you know, it's like a little bit can like really give a little bit of a kick or a little bit of a um, nice extra taste. But if you do too much, it ruins the dish, right? So you have to think about idioms like that. Yeah. Yeah. If you really want to get that point across, if you really want to, you know, emphasize something specific, then idioms are perfect. But I think what you said was really true about, you know, picking it up. It's, it's good to pick it up when you're reading it. Because you can really reread it, look at the situation, read it again, look at how it's used, you know, sort of visualize the context a lot better than when you're watching it. It's not easy to pick up when people are speaking because it would vary from person to person. I've, I've heard people use idioms so <laughs> incorrectly um, in, the, in the past. Like they just use it any way they want to or they make new ones. They add new... Um, how can you say it? Like new versions, they modify the idioms, mm-hmm. um, especially here in South Africa. I don't know if it's common in other places, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's true. It's better to acquire it while reading. So it's like we had the one before, uh, we we're saying that they're, they're very visual or contextual. We had the one before to be a fly on the wall, right? So what does that mean to be a fly on the wall? So to be a fly on the wall would be someone who is in the room or in a place and they're going unnoticed. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't know that they're there. That's a perfect example because it's you can imagine literally a fly on the wall in a room. Like usually you wouldn't even realize it's there. Yeah. So we both gave examples of a place where we'd like to be a fly on the wall. But sometimes it could also be used, for example, if you're new in a company. Maybe your boss would tell you, you know, in this meeting, just be a fly on the wall. Like mm-hmm. you don't need to say anything, just kind of observe so you can understand how things work here. Exactly. Something I really like about idioms is that often they have a historic meaning that kind of can tell you how the language evolves. Um, for example, an idiom I really like is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, which is one I actually use a lot because it's one that means that you're trying to eliminate something, but in your effort to eliminate that thing, you're also uh, getting rid of beneficial parts of it, uh, which is, that's like a very visual one. You can imagine 
an old bathtub maybe that someone's like washing their baby in and they're going to throw out the dirty water, but they forget their baby and they throw out the baby as well. So you have to keep the good thing and get rid of just the bad thing and the dirty thing, the water. So here at Real Life English, we often say that we're helping you to make English a fun, natural, meaningful part of your life, which is very different from traditional methods. So in general, traditional methods aren't so effective, but many people throw out the baby with the bathwater. They start to think that, you know, that I shouldn't ever learn grammar. There's like no need to learn any grammar, but no, like grammar is still important. It's just not the most important thing, which often traditional methods, because it's the easiest thing to teach, tend to focus too much on. So I started explaining this one because it has some nice historical meaning, which I looked up before. And it comes from a German proverb, which is das Kind mit dem Bade aufschuten, which was coined by a German poet named Thomas Murner. So it's interesting to see that like oftentimes a lot of English, for example, would come out of Shakespeare. He invented so many words and idioms. So it's interesting just to see sometimes where these idioms come from. And that can be a good trick also to help you to remember it. You know, maybe if you're a German speaker, you might already use that uh, in, in your native language. So it makes it easier to think of. But even if you're not, it's kind of it might give you an extra sort of imagery. And we were discussing before another really nice part of idioms is that they give you a lot of insight into the culture that it comes out of because uh, Kase was teaching me some some Afrikaans expressions. Yeah. Um, so I was telling Ethan that a lot of the expressions that we use or the idioms that we use here in, in South Africa or the Afrikaans idioms tend to include animals. So I'm sure that these are, you know, quite old, you know, maybe centuries ago, someone came up with some of them. And some of them might be quite modern, but usually they include animals. And the one that I shared was kaiki fandiban, which literally uh, directly translates to kitten of the tracks. And (laughs) (laughs) it means someone who has really good social skills and a good sense of humor. They're really a cool cat. I think we have so many. I have another one that I could share with you. Which means to fetch a baboon from behind the hill. Um, and it means... Well, okay, do you want to guess what it means? Fetch a baboon from behind the hills. Uh, maybe it's looking for something difficult to find. Um, almost. It's to think or talk about problems that haven't happened yet. Mm, that makes sense. Probably because if you're... Living off the land, maybe baboons could be a problem, right? It's true. Here in Cape Town, too. They're, they're quite a problem. In Cape Town, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it's, it's, it's really interesting. I think if you're learning idioms, it really does give you that little bit of cultural insight as well to understand the culture of a particular region. One that I find really interesting that actually I hear a lot of learners use is, um, and I'm curious if you use this in... Cape Town or in South Africa, if it would be very common, saying that something is not your cup of tea. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I use it all the time. So you would, <laughs> you would use that a lot. So now in American English, it's not very common. And I think this is because it's the cultural insight that we don't drink much tea in the United States. We drink coffee. And we don't say something's not my cup of coffee. Uh, maybe someone would understand if you say that, but we don't. We just don't really have an alternative. We say, like, we don't like something. It's not our thing. But we don't have this. We, we don't use so much this idiom, not my cup of tea. But in the UK, it's super common because like everyone drinks tea. So it makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. I mean, speaking of that, like I, I have a question for you. So would you say to English learners that they should study 
these idioms in general, like let's say they don't drink tea, they're I mean, they're not gonna they, they want to go to the U.S. Should they not learn this idiom? Um, should they stick to idioms only used in the U.S.? Like, what would you say is the better way for them to learn idioms? I think it always has to do with your goals, right? It's always coming back to why you're learning the language. So, if your big goal is to go study in the U.S. or live in the U.S., then obviously it would be to your benefit to learn and use idioms that Americans would use. Uh, but if you're not planning, if your goal is just that you want to be fluent in English and you want to spice up your English with some idioms, there's no problem with using not my cup of tea. Americans will still, I think almost any American would still understand this expression. It's just that we don't use it so much. So we kind of talked about, you know, that idioms are very, give you insight into the culture. That's a really good reason to, to learn idioms. Uh, also that they can kind of give you some historical reflections on the, how the language evolved. Uh, what are some other reasons that learners might want to focus on learning idioms? So one of the best reasons to learn it is because native speakers use them all the time. And if you're using them or if you're listening to them, if you're exposing yourself to either watching, um, you know, TV series or movies or YouTube um, videos in English, it can help improve your listening skills and your understanding, your fluency in English. When I was prepping for today's uh, podcast, I was so curious to know, like, what are the idioms that I use all the time? Because um, <laughs> I don't even realize that they are idioms. They're such an, um, like a natural part of, of my day-to-day -day language. Uh, another great reason to learn idioms is that it is one of the characteristics of advanced English. So as I mentioned previously, it's it's really complex. The meaning, it can mean one thing to one person and another thing to another person, depending on your tone, the situation. It could add humor. It could add um, emphasis. It could add there's so much it adds to, it adds color to your, your vocabulary. And um, when you're communicating using it, of course, as Ethan said, it's that spice. If you're going to add too much of that garlic, you know, garlic's <laughs> amazing, but add too much of it and you're just going to, you know, make it an unpleasant meal. And um, so, yeah, it's the same with, with idioms. But if you're using it correctly, it really elevates the meaning. It, it it's just, yeah, it's really beautiful. It's also like if you're going to take a test like IELTS mm -hmm. or Cambridge, for example, they tend to test you on your knowledge of these, on, on your ability to use them. And so it's, you know, they'll probably test whether or not you understand them. And then if you're doing the speaking part of these exams too, it might just kind of help to bump up your score if you're able to naturally include an expression or two, an idiom or two uh, into you know, whatever your speech is about or whatever the, the conversation you're supposed to have is about. Exactly. And I think like knowing which idioms are cheesy, I think that's such an important <laughs> part. Like don't overdo the cheesy idioms. <laughs> so for example, like I, I think one that I find quite cheesy is every cloud has a silver lining. I mean... Oh, I love that one. I, you do? <laughs> it's so cheesy. We don't tend to say that one so so often. We'll just say like you know the silver lining. Yeah. So it, be, it got like shortened to just saying, you know, look at the silver lining or the silver lining is X Y Z, which means this expression means like the positive side of something negative. Yes. And so it's kind of like um, I don't know if you lose your job, for example, you get fired from your job, but you were actually quite miserable at that job. You could say, well, the silver lining is now you can search for a job that you'll 
be more passionate about. Yeah, that's a great point. You know, use knowing mm-hmm. how to use them is is key. And that, yeah, that will help you in any test and any situation. Exactly. Just a quick interruption to ask you a question. Do you ever feel frustrated when you are listening to a podcast, watching a TV series, or you are in a conversation in English and you do not understand what is said? Wouldn't it be great if there was some way to understand real English without getting lost and without getting bored? Well, now there is. With our real life native immersion course, we will take you on a 41 week real life adventure of the English language. Each week exploring a different topic connected to our goal to help you understand and use your English in the real world. Just imagine understanding your favorite TV series without subtitles or confidently speaking with someone and comprehending everything they say. You can do it and we're here to help. And the best part is you can try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. That's P-O-D. Or simply click the link in the description of this episode. In the final part of today's podcast, Kasai and I are going to share some of our favorite idioms. But before we do that, we have a shout out to a very special podcast listener and app user. So today's shout out comes from Robinda, who says, this app is the best thing since sliced bread. I'm extremely grateful to be part of this app. Your efforts are manifest in your work. This is the best one for those who want to sound natural in English without any stress. You got to give it a try. It can be a game changer for you. And oh yeah, love from India. In a nutshell, the best app in this universe for English. (laughs) Thank you so much, Ravinda. And it's obvious too that Ravinda has been studying their idioms. He said that the app is the best thing since sliced bread. I guess it's like someone must have seen that sliced bread was just like a fantastic invention, (laughs) right? So... (laughs) Then we got the expression, that's the best thing since sliced bread. There's been nothing better since sliced bread. So it's a, a really great one to use to explain something that you're absolutely in love with. Maybe something innovative. Yeah, I guess that's what it has to Like the best thing that was helpful or beneficial to mankind. Um, that's what I'm thinking now. Not having to cut up your bread anymore. <laughs> yeah, so convenient. <laughs> <laughs> And what does it mean if something's a game changer? Mm, if it if it's a game changer, it's it changes the way that it's something that changes the way that things are done, the conventional way in a positive sense. Like it changes things for the better. Yeah. It's a similar way to say that something is very innovative, right? Uh, But that it's, it's completely changes the way that you do things now. So maybe a sliced bread could also be a game changer, I suppose, because (laughs) you don't have to (laughs) waste all that time cutting up bread. And then the last one, it's a very common one in a nutshell. In a nutshell, briefly, In a few words. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In summary, right? Yeah. Great. So if you want us to shout you out, just like we have Ravinda today, then give the app a try if you haven't already. And if you enjoy it, then be sure to leave us a five-star review to let other learners know what you thought. So that said, Kase, are you ready to share some of your favorite idioms? Sure. Okay. So the first one I'd like to share is speak of the devil. So Speak of the devil. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I think it used to be longer. I mean, originally, speak of the devil and he shows up or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but now it's just, uh, it's been shortened to just speak of the devil. 
Um, mm-hmm. It means that if you speak, <laughs> if you talk about someone and then they show up, if you're, maybe you mentioned someone, um, it could even be someone on television, they show up in some way or form, they call you, um, you, you talk about someone and then suddenly they call you or they text you or you talk about, an, <laughs> I don't know, someone famous and then they're on TV or something like that. So Exactly. That's a really great one because there's not another great way to say that. So it's one that you'd you'd hear a lot for that kind of situation. Um, One that I put down that I really like is a bucket list, which is Mm. actually a thing. And it comes from the expression, from the idiom, to kick the bucket, which to kick the bucket is kind of a light, humorous way to say to die. Mm -hmm. So you wouldn't say this like, oh, I'm so sorry that so-and-so kicked the bucket. It wouldn't, it's not the most, um, it's not the most tactful way to... (laughs) to like give your condolences to someone. Mm. But sometimes in different, if you're talking about death in a humorous way, um, as I suppose that's not a super common situation, but it does happen, then people might use this, you know, like so-and-so kicked the bucket. Um, But a bucket list is something that is a list of things that you want to do before you kick the bucket. So it's basically like a list of the things you'd like to do before you die. And it's actually funny because uh, in preparing for this, it made me think of recently... I stumbled upon um, a blog article that I wrote, like a, my own bucket list that I wrote like right after I finished university. And one of the things that I had on there was going, um, was going paragliding in Rio de Janeiro in Brazil. And I actually did that like two years ago. So oh, I was happy to check that off of my bucket list. Amazing. I also had paragliding on my bucket list. <laughs> managed to check it off this year. So yay <laughs> for bucket lists. Um, I think what helps is also to have like a, I call it a mini bucket list. So these are things that are totally doable, but things that you've been delaying. Maybe it should be like a spoon list. Like it's not a bucket. It's like <laughs> something like You're cold actually water. actually the bucket. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, you know, just things that you are totally doable. You've been delaying it. Um, it's not going to, you know, require too much effort for you to do. It yeah, helps. it's nice to think of those things and try to do like one yeah. a year or something like that. Try to do it like on your birthday or try to do things that, that get you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, treat yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the other one that I like is to bite the bullet. Ooh, which, bite the bullet. Just bite the bullet and do it. Yeah, you know, just get it just done. bite the bullet and go parasailing, <laughs> paragliding. Exactly. <laughs> just um, do what you need to do. Do what needs to be done. Um to, to get something over and done with um, mm-hmm. because it has to be done. So, for example, I have to study for this exam. I, I don't want to do it, but I really need to. So I'm going to bite the bullet and just pay the... I mean, with IELTS, it's pretty expensive, for example. I have a lot of students who tell me, like, you know, I don't want to waste my money, mm-hmm. um, but I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to book that uh, appointment date that can be a really good motivator, though, to study is if you've spent the money, then it's kind of like, you know, you're, you're, you have that in the back of your mind. You're like, oh, God, I, you know, I spent all this money. I, I, yeah, I have to study. Exactly. <laughs> Bite that bullet and just Bite that bullet. power through, study hard, get it done. So my last one, I think this is quite a humorous one. I'm curious where it came from. It's pardon my French. Mm. And apparently French have very dirty mouths because we use this one when someone like curses. Um well, in fact, we use it like in order to excuse our, our cursing. So you might say it's like to give warning that you're going to say a curse word because you feel like it's really necessary in this moment. So that's a, a really funny expression just because it's, it's kind of like it gives 
insight into American perspective of, I don't know if it's just American or English speaking, perspective of the French. I don't know. I'm not like so scrupulous about, about cursing. So uh, I, I don't get like easily embarrassed by it. But I don't know, maybe if you were, if you, you could also say after the fact to excuse yourself, right? Like maybe you're with a friend and their young daughter or son is there and like they're at an age where they're quite impressionable. So they might pick up something that they hear and you might, it might just like slip out and you said, oh, pardon my French. I didn't mean to say that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we hope that you've had a lot of fun learning about idioms and that it will inspire you as well to go out there and spice up your English a little bit with some new idioms, maybe some of the ones that we use today, maybe some brand new ones, because it's it's really easy to find just like Googling lists of idioms in English, fun idioms or funny idioms or idioms about whatever uh, idioms to use at work. You can, you can go out and, and find some on your own and be sure to pay attention to this when you're watching TV or reading a book or listening to a song. Just look for them everywhere. And that said, thanks so much for listening and we look forward to seeing you next week or hearing from you or you'll hear from us on the Real Life English podcast. <laughs> One, two, three. Aww, yeah. Hey again, I hope you enjoyed today's lesson. Don't be a stranger. You can find all the notes like vocabulary, links, and more for this lesson on our blog at reallifeglobal.com. And connect with us and on Instagram at reallife.english for even more fun English recommendations. Do you want to continue your learning and get confident, fluent English? Then I have a couple great recommendations for you. First of all, check out our YouTube channel, Learn English with TV series, where you can have fun learning to understand fast-speaking natives with your favorite movies, series, and more without getting lost, without missing the jokes, and without subtitles. Second, if you like our podcast, then our real-life native immersion course is perfect for you. It is the next best thing to studying abroad in an English-speaking country. Try it for free with our three-part power learning series. Just go to reallifeglobal.com slash pod to sign up. Finally, if you are enjoying our podcast, then please assist us in helping more people go beyond the classroom and live their English. You can do this by sending a link to this podcast to a friend or by leaving us a five-star review wherever you are listening. We might even shout you out on the podcast. Stay healthy and safe, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Aw, yeah.